So I have to do that kind of essentially like self-compassion thing where I go, yeah. it's cool, Tom, it's okay. Yeah. Because uh, I do a lot of like beating up. I go, but I'm supposed to be a professional climber. I'm an idiot. Why am I so scared? Why can't I deal with this? Yeah. But I have to say to myself, it's okay. I've been in this position lots of times before where I'm totally cool with, you know, like soloing, big scary things, high stuff, exposed stuff, but it takes a really long time to get into it. Hi, welcome to another episode of Ask Lattice. Um, and today you have myself and Maddie, and we're going to be tackling a sort of three-part Ask Lattice or kind of chat and discussion. And the real, the big umbrella topic here is fear. And we're gonna be looking at fear of falling, fear of heights and exposure, and fear of failure. And I think it's a great set of topics to talk about. Me and Maddie like talking about this topic. Yep. Uh, we have plenty to say. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure this is going to go on for a little bit. Um, but we really hope that our insights as coaches and as climbers really help all of you out there to be able to tackle some of these three areas. Because I think they have massive impacts on performance, don't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we've probably thought about them a lot for our own climbing as well as seeing it in other people. You know, I think we often look to kind of nail down the physical preparation part. Some people look to nail down the nutrition as well. And I think then you actually when you arrive at the crag, if if your head is not in the right place or you can't push yourself above the bolt, ultimately it can be what really draws us back in terms of performance. But I think for the fact that we all do climbing because we love it and want to enjoy it, I actually think it's the part of climbing that can really hinder our enjoyment of it as well. If, um, yeah, if we feel like we are too scared to push ourselves and fall or maybe if we're scared of failure. Yeah, it just, it basically seeps into every part yeah. of your climbing I feel like lifestyle. it's really the umbrella, isn't it, that, that covers it all. And, you know, I guess if we start with fear of falling, um, the sort of, I guess, like where you start when you think about this. And I don't know about you, but I've seen it a lot and I've probably done it myself as well, is that, you know, do people even know if fear of falling is the reason that they're not going for it? I think without a kind of awareness of it, I think often people can, and not even maybe knowingly, like make excuses. Like I think I've done it. I'm like, oh, take there, you know, I forgot my sequence or... <laughs> And, and I see it all the time. And I think actually that first step of realising that the reason you're not pushing yourself or the reason you're not enjoying the day at the crag is because you're actually scared of falling is, is kind of the first step. So I don't know if you've ever, like, you've got any certain things you notice about yourself. Um, I, know, I don't know about your yeah, day that makes yeah. you realise, oh, yeah, this is, this is something that I need to work on right now. I think the awareness element is really important because you can... You can often get into that situation where you, you literally focus on another thing because ultimately fear is a really uncomfortable thing mm. and it's not, not very nice dealing with it. Mm. So it's actually easier to focus your attention on your sequence or the conditions yeah. or that you don't like that person at the crag and putting you <laughs> off. Or there's music playing in the background, yeah. you know, like, but honestly, <laughs> it's, hip -hop a, the yeah, it's a fear thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a, it's a good first step to, to sort of realise that that's the problem or that's the bit that might be holding you back on the day. But then 
I think the bit, the next stage from that is to, and I think you made an important point when we were talking earlier before we started, was that it's then thinking about the motivation and your reasons for going climbing, your motivation towards actually taking on and addressing that fear that is the next step because it's only then that you can start to put in place you know a few strategies that me and you will both use for that yeah because I mean like you said it's it's uncomfortable um you know tackling like fear around falling and I think essentially if you're not so sure of your motivations it's quite easy to either sidestep it or not quite fully sort of commit yourself to it just as it is like Physical training's hard, and if you're not actually 100% sure of your motivations, maybe you won't complete it all because essentially it is hard and you might be tired. Um, so yeah, I think once you've maybe sort of realised that actually this that falling is holding you back, something I actually do sometimes, maybe if I've took on a bowl around the same bit, is almost a little because I might not be so sure if that's what it is. I actually climb up and I'm like, you know, what, I'm going to do a bit of fall practice now. And often, actually, how uncomfortable that makes me feel, I'm like, oh, yeah, this was a problem. So even if maybe people don't necessarily think that fear of falling is why they're not pushing themselves as much, maybe try it out a little bit and see see if it is. Mm. And I think the most important thing, which I'm sure you'll um, agree, is to build it up slowly. Maybe even if you don't actually think your fear of falling is that great, like still start sort of small and small comes in the size of the actual fall that you're taking but also the environment you know if you find a certain crag quite like exposed and scary don't start it there like maybe start it in the climbing wall underneath the bolt or at a crag you feel safe at and with a b layer you are comfortable with you know I think the the picture is much bigger than than just the the falling yeah yeah because I, I wouldn't take so for all of you out there that are going to be thinking about, you know, doing some full practice and exposing yourself to this regularly and taking those little baby steps is that you want the, because especially if this is a, you feel this is an issue for you, it's going to be a struggle and it's going to be hard. So you want to make sure that those initial steps that you lay, the kind of the base, the foundation is reasonably comfortable or that you can process it and it's not a horrible experience. So you get that positive feedback process into it because you know, like me and you. Don't you don't want to just overload yourself. Yeah, like right now, I have a fear of fall, a fear of taking fifty foot falls. I'm re- like, if you took me out climbing today, I don't want to do a fifty foot fall. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would. <laughs> so what we wouldn't do is go out and do forty foot yeah. practice ones. Yeah. There's no way, is there? No, we would no. go to well, let's do some five foot, yeah. some ten foot, and we would slowly build it up because we'd feel really comfortable with those small ones getting into it. Mm. But I think for the general public, they will look at it and go. I really get scared when I take a five foot fall. Mm. Even for me, a five foot fall is quite scary. So yeah. I would say, dial it right back and be a, well, take a mini fall when the bolt's actually above you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just start to on that. top rope. Maybe even if you're, um, you know, if you really are quite scared, so, sort of of the equipment, because fear of falling also, there's lots of different sort of, I guess, parts of that process you could be scared of. Like for me, often actually it's, it's not really, I, I rarely think about the equipment failing. Um, it's more just the sensation of falling or um, or hitting the wall. I guess that's something I like to think about, especially on, um, you know, not really steep terrain. Um, but for someone, if it is actually equipment based and you think that the quick draw is going to fail or, or the rope, actually maybe just try sitting on it first, like 
get used to swinging around a little bit on the on the gear because it's all about like with anything really yeah gradually building it up and I guess something that I think is really important is that the main aim is to to be more relaxed in those moments before potentially taking a fall not just going through the motions and kind of making yourself do it you know going to the wall and getting equally scared above a bolt but making yourself drop off just like sort of forcing yourself to let go yet it's still being like really stiff in your body like really still having those anxious feelings in your sort of you know your stomach or your your breathing that is not sort of teaching yourself that it's okay to sort of fall in those yeah. positions I think I think you're actually you're sort of reinforcing being really nervous and anxious before you fall off yeah that's a really uh, good point because uh, as you were saying that I was thinking about when I get to the point where I'm really comfortable with falls and I I can really like strongly visualize I'll I might be doing some fall practice at the beginning of the day just sort of getting my head into the the crag or maybe a run out that I'm going to do on the route mm. and I will I'll be there above and I can like look down to the gear and I'll just look down and I'll be fully taking in the length of the fall, the height, and I'll go, ooh, this is kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be, I have like quite a positive experience because yeah, yeah. I'm built up to the point where I'm like, cool, let's just do this. Yeah, yeah. But if, I'd, if I had the experience where I was looking down going, oh my goodness, okay, okay. And you're like tensing up, you're yeah, like, okay, yeah. take, are you ready? You just don't get a positive experience no, for that. So no. you're probably not ready at that stage to go for you know yeah. red point yeah and of course there's always going to be a bit of discomfort but what you want is for that to just be this much discomfort not mm. like you know a massive step I actually think it's really interesting what you just said then you know about being like watch me take take and that's something I actually sort of going back to those sort of cues for whether you're scared of falling that's something I really notice I do if I am scared of falling I'm like watch me here even though Bolts by my waist. Belay, I'm sure, is probably watching. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's really no need for me to be voicing that. All I'm doing, actually, is I'm clearly distracted because if I was focusing on doing the moves, I wouldn't be asking the person if they're, they're watching me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that, A, when it happens, I might be like, OK, I need to maybe relax a little here, like take some falls. But I was all, I'm also realised that I need to focus way more on what I'm doing. And it's sort of a two-pronged approach, I think, for me, fear of falling, because there's, there is the exposure therapy like to the falling. There's getting used to the feeling, trusting the gear, um, trusting your B layer. But then I also think there's the fact that if in that moment you are more focused on what you're doing, you will also be less scared of falling. Um, so I always think for me there's a side of things where I'm like okay I need to like zone more in on the movement the feel of the holds um, yeah I don't know I, do you find that it's like kind of if you just went for one side of things maybe you still wouldn't become quite cut more, it you become more present and focused in mm. you know your climbing experience and your process and a lot of that stuff just drops away when, yeah. it, when it's right basically yeah, and yeah. Then you know that you're you're over it and it's mm. not a deal and then I think it's quite important to when you do get to that stage, have actually like a proper think about mm. how does that feel? Yeah, and I can yeah. go, and normally I don't like falling very much and this feels great mm. and take some time to just enjoy feeling really calm about falling. Yeah, yeah. And I think like that's the sort of thing that, um, you know, when you're sat on the, the bolt, maybe you're like going to do some fall practice or maybe you're just, you know, warming up and you're wanting to 
get to the next bolt, you're working out the moves. I think that's where I try not to obviously sit there and be like, oh my God, I've got to try and get to the next bolt or something I might say, I might even call down to my bealer and be like, the next bolt looks far or like this next bit looks hard. You know, there are all these things, A, they're distracting. And so instead I actually try and catch myself doing that, going back to that awareness point. Mm -hmm. Maybe your bealer can help you as well here. You know, I've had obviously to A, be reassuring and be like, I am watching you, but also to be like, just focus on the climbing. You know, I think you can have that communication there. And I think that that can probably help a lot of, people who have fear of falling with yeah just the the whole process around it so I really try and yeah change my I guess narrative and what I'm focusing on and maybe the way that I'm talking to myself when I'm sat on those bolts and I find that really useful yeah okay oh wicked well um should we go on to the next next yeah. topic yeah so that one we're I hope you found that useful talking about uh fear of falling how we deal with that process you know mindset um and the next one is uh, one that Maddie and I are probably quite different on because mm. I struggle with this. Maddie has less of an issue with it and we might see some differences here. And that's around the fear of heights and exposure. I think we'll just kind of package them together because they're, they're similar, different, um, but they're sort of uh, the same kind of topic. And as you and I have talked about lots of times, I really struggle with the whole heights thing and exposure, either yeah. way, <laughs> whether it's something that's 60 foot high with loads of exposure or something that's, you know, no exposure really at all, but it's still 400 foot yeah. high, they're yeah. both a problem. <laughs> uh, and I'm curious to see what our differences are, because when, when, I, when I go climbing, for example, is an area which I think immediately is a problem and you possibly don't have this, is when I'm driving to the crag or walking to the crag, probably 90% of my thought process on the approach and the kind of mental preparation to my climbing day is about how am I going to feel about the heights? How am I going to feel about the exposure? It takes up a massive part of my processing power. And I'm just like, I think I'm too focused on yeah, it yeah. from the outset. Yeah, because this is where we are different because before I started climbing, um, kind of when I was a teenager, I already, my parents had taken me, you know, to some of those like high ropes things I'm not quite sure you know adventure type things and I was just never scared of them and they didn't take me climbing but when I started climbing it has very rarely been yeah something that has taken that much of my focus up but when it has because of course like we're all only human um and I guess this is my approach because I don't notice it this often but I still think that this could be can be useful for anyone wanting to tackle this is that and I don't know if you notice this actually um is that when it is taking up a certain amount of my headspace I guess I try to be quite self-compassionate for me personally with maybe what else is feeding into that I think that's because it's not often a thing that I'm struggling with if I am noticing it I'm more take a step back and think okay am I really tired have I been you know there's something else been going on that I'm stressed about. Um, yeah, kind of almost like it's a that. situational thing. Yeah, I think yeah. for me it's often more situational because I think in itself I'm not scared of exposure or heights. But when you add something else into the mix, that can create the situation when I am. So I actually tend to sort of zoom out and probably look a little bit more at the rest of my life and, and either just be 
self-compassionate about it. I might be like, you know what, just pass me a clipstick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, today's not the day. I yeah. guess unlike fear of falling, which is something I would more actively tackle, I think I actually quite rarely actively tackle exposure and instead look to kind of think, what am I going to do on this climbing day to reduce that and enjoy my climbing day? I'm going to look at my life and I'm going to sort of apply that. And as much as that's what works for me, I still think that people who like, and maybe if you're repeatedly scared of it, do you still find that if you look sort of at the bigger picture in the rest of your life, there's things that impact that more? So I'd say for me, it's more like a, there's a situation or event element. So for sure, like if I'm tired or I'm stressed, it's going to be more of a problem yeah. or I'm the, with the wrong partner or, yeah. or something like that. But because it's more like a, like a core belief mm. for me, and it's, it's really like deep rooted, is that my number one way to sort my fear of you know, heights and exposure is frequency of exposure. Mm. But I, I now know over you know, 20 years of climbing that it's really effective if I can take those two on. Mm. And I can get to parts in the season where I can literally, I can just look down from really big heights yeah. and be really exposed and just feel absolutely nothing. And I, so I know I can get to that point. Mm. But I have to understand that my, my default sort of core belief will reset me back to this really yeah, awful yeah. position if I stop doing it again. So I have to do that kind of essentially like self-compassion thing where I go, yeah. it's cool, Tom. It's OK. Yeah. Because uh, I do a lot of like beating up. I go, but I'm supposed to be a professional climber. I'm an idiot. Why am I so scared? Why can't I deal with this? Yeah. But I have to say to myself, it's okay. I've been in this position lots of times before where I'm totally cool with, you know, like soloing, big scary things, high stuff, exposed stuff, but it takes a really long time mm -hmm. to get into it. So it's a process. And then I just get on the process wagon. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to be here in two weeks time. It's probably going to take me like a month mm. of going climbing multiple times a week and exposing to myself. But I will expect in a month's time, I'm actually probably going to feel yeah. okay. And, and I, I think for like time. most like other people I know, like and I've chatted to them and it is this more exposure heights thing. I do think that that sort of like just gradual and frequent exposure probably is the way alongside. And I guess this is something I do and it's not really actually any part of like mental training, but actually a bit more behavioral. And so something I actually don't like is really exposed abseiling. Um you know, when like you go and the ropes are like dangling out from the wall and you're probably a few pitches up and you have to like, maybe if you have to like bounce in and more of this sort of stuff. And I guess since I've realized that that is still part of what I'll have to do because I like the climbing, I guess firstly I made that choice because for some people, because um, I know that a lot of people can be really hard on themselves, you know, like about it and this might not be, I'm not saying that this is the road that everyone should go down, but maybe for some people, is this really worth it for you? <laughs> you know, do you still want to do that? Like, if my fear of abseiling was so great that it over, you know, was overriding my enjoyment of climbing multi-pitches, maybe that would be something I think about. But instead, what I do is actually set things up and more have a process you know like a logistical process so that I feel really confident in what I do mm. and I guess with exposure and heights like there is a side of things where the more confident you are in your equipment and gear and like how you're doing things I guess that will that will also make you feel more confident yeah but that's yeah. more it's, yeah it's more yeah. like the gear side of things but I guess I actually found it really helpful like having 
a way to jug back up the rope so that if I ab down and can't get into the wall, I can get back up. Whereas I didn't use that, so I found it terrifying. Yeah, because you've got no X on it. Yeah. It's funny that you, because I don't think I've ever known that about you at all, because, and we've talked about this plenty. Oh, I, I yeah, have I hate no issues with abseiling, mm. exposed like rope work, swinging around. Well, again, I've just done it, so it's not such a problem anymore, just partly because I just did more of it, and I think I just actually thought, a bit like you, like with your like frequent exposure, I was like, okay, what do I need to do to feel more comfortable in this situation? Mm. And so maybe it's setting up and using a gree-gree and like making sure you have a prusik if you're on an ATC, which these are really simple things, but actually sometimes I was forgetting to do them and then of course I was terrified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's slight mismanagement basically of the situation. Yeah, yeah. Like I think yeah. there's often like with this stuff and, you know, I think that thinking about your mindset and that sort of more mental training side of things is really important. I think there's also often a behavioural and sort of logistical side of things, um, which is important to consider as well, because I think it comes into that whole question of like, is this worth it for me? What is my motivation? You know, and I think that that stuff does play a role there. Mm -hmm. Well, one, uh, one last thing that I want to just kind of share with everyone listening um, before we move on to uh, sort of fear of failing topic is that um, another thing that I've done a lot with the kind of exposure and height stuff across my kind of climbing season for the year is that you know like how we have we're quite seasonal about our work and our climbing i always know that there's a certain block of the year in the winter where i work work a lot mm. or i'm more office based i just am not going out of climbing as much yeah. i never book climbing trips just after mm. that block now because i know that after two months of having very little outdoor exposure i'm gonna be really scared and nervous again mm. so i don't set myself up essentially to fail yeah. by going, yes, two weeks in the bag, worked really hard, I'm going to Spain. Yeah. Because I know I will have an awful trip. Or so you I set it up. Yeah, or you choose somewhere that feels friendly and you're more comfortable to start mm. your climbing year. I think... It's like managing it, basically, yeah, being realistic. And, yeah, and I do think that, like, really, like, thinking about the, like, more psychological side of it is important, but I think when we talk about, like, say, self-compassion... Sometimes people are a bit, maybe they're like, okay, what does that mean? And I guess that's what I think that steps like that are, because they're taking something you know about yourself and being sort of, and just rather than just pushing yourself sort of, yeah, into the situation and then chastising yourself for not being able to enjoy it, you actually just allow yourself to go to font, to go bouldering, to enjoy being back out on the rock. And I guess ultimately I think all those things then positively feed into those times when we do choose to push ourselves out of our comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Oh, it's great. Oh, I love mm. that stuff. Um, okay, so last one. Um, and this is on the fear of failing. Mm -hmm. um, it's one that we Big talked topic. about a little bit in <laughs> that uh, webinar that we did together. Mm -hmm. um, actually, if you want to look at anything that's, or go deeper into some of the stuff that Maddie and I have talked about in the past on uh, mind games, mindset around climbing, uh, we have a webinar that's available. Um, and uh, so, yeah, let's start with uh, fear of, uh, or finish with fear of failing. And can you tell me a bit about what you sort of think about this intrinsic, extrinsic motivation? element yeah so I guess it's a little bit like we've talked about throughout this where I think anytime we're having quite like a negative response to something I think a really good place to start is with well why am I doing it <laughs> and 
when it comes to fear of failure, I think that this question is really important to ask ourselves because we've clearly set ourselves a challenge. There's a reason why we're doing it. And then we're getting way too, too focused on the success part. And, you know, it's most of the time when we talk about fear of failure, it's having a negative impact on our enjoyment of climbing. So it's something that we want to tackle. And so motivations can be, you know, broad with there's loads of different motivations, reasons why we do things. But extrinsic motivations sort of um, group together reasons that we do things that are sort of more externally led. So maybe looking good in front of our friends or being able to post about it on social media, being able to log it on a public log book, um, all things like that. Looking good for the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the um, stuff that lots of people naturally will do yeah. to some degree, whatever. Pleasing someone else, pleasing a coach, anything like that. Um, and then intrinsic, more sort of... Um, is the word that you'd use to anything that is more for yourself, that's really like internally satisfying, like things like getting into like a flow state is very much linked with like intrinsic motivation. And that is where, you know, you really wouldn't, if an intrinsic motivation wouldn't be impacted by what anyone else thought or anything external. And I think because fear of failure often is quite an external process because really when we think about it, often it's a fear of failure in front of others mm. um and, and i mean i think it is there we can also just be like it can sort of overlap with intrinsic motivations and we can just be really hard on ourselves but i think separating those different motivations you have and it's okay to have a range of them you know but generally i think intrinsic motivations lead to less fear of failure and so we can choose and i guess what i what i choose to do even if I have a bit of a broad range of those things, is to really focus on the intrinsic ones. And when I'm going to the crag, they're what I'm thinking about and they're what I'm setting sort of intentions for my day based on. And that might be, you know, the real love of like a certain sequence on, on the route or even like a certain area or the fact that it's like a um, really challenging route for me because it's tackling one of my weaknesses um yeah I don't know do you tend to like group them like that or ever find that one or the other is worse for your fear of fear of failure because for some maybe intrinsic motivations are equally as sort of um yeah sort of really problematic but I guess what I see mostly is when people are more intrinsically motivated I guess they tend to take more away from their day even if they fail or whatever they would we would generally call failure yeah, I'd say, for me anyways, that I'm, I'd say I'm actually relatively balanced about internal and external drivers. Um, I'm, in terms of like the, the sort of self-talk bit, I'm a lot harsher on my intrinsic motivation than my external. And I will devalue a lot of the external stuff. So if I have people on the outside that say to me, oh, just don't worry about it. You're fine. You, did, you, know, you had your best effort and everything like that. I always kind of just dumb that down. I go... That just doesn't matter. I'm not listening to that. I listen to my internal bit that goes, freaking hell, Tom, you just totally messed up. Mm. You're just not doing well enough. You didn't try hard enough. You didn't prepare better. You know, you should have prepared better. Uh, why are you failing? And I make that voice very loud. And the external ones where people are actually being quite supportive to me, I quieten them down. Mm. And I have to just frequently check in and basically work out the level of those two. Mm -hmm. And properly engage with the people so like last week 
I had a setback and a failure essentially on some, you know, like sporting stuff. And I immediately went to the very loud Tom voice, which said, for goodness sake, you are just totally messing up here. What, you've got to sort yourself out. But loads of people around me, my family, friends were going, don't worry, it's fine. You did your best, you put your effort in and everything. And I had to go listen to those people, just stop. I even forced myself to get on the phone to someone even though I didn't want to, just to be able to get a louder external yeah. <laughs> voice into the situation. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to, mm. but I knew it was good for me. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's good. I guess, like, I actually that's slightly different. Like, that's almost like internal and external, like, input, which I think is, is also important. But I guess when I think of, like, intrinsic, extrinsic motivations, it's like the step before that, because it's like, why are you even at the crag trying that route? Uh, you know, okay, like, yeah, say, yeah, for, yeah. say for, so both of us, we have sponsors. So we go about our climbing, but also ultimately we post on social media and we, we represent certain brands. So I guess it's more the situation where, say I found myself on a hard route and often maybe like having a bad time, like I actually think fear of failure for me, if I have that links in with fear of falling, like I generally, you know, I think that's why I, if I'm having a fear of foiling, I think it's good to ask yourself why you're there trying it. Because personally, if I'm sort of, my expectations are too high or I'm doing it for the wrong reasons because, you know, I feel like I should have done more climbing in the day. Like this is fear, I get this when I try like an easier route at the end of the day, you know, because I'm like, you should try and do more climbing because otherwise people will think you're lazy. Or, or you know, or like I should get on a route of this certain grade because people think that you should or because your sponsors want you to. And that is, none of that's true, but they're all just like extrinsic motivations to do that for a photo on this route will look better. You know, all these things like, I'm going to, you know, I think that they're what I call extrinsic motivations. And then the more intrinsic ones are a bit where I want those to guide what I do in climbing. And when I let them guide what I do in climbing, I experience fear of failure less. So that's choosing to go to a crag to try some route that no one cares about. I'm probably not going to post about. It was actually quite interesting. So I went bouldering this weekend, which is not something I often do, but, you know, I might do a boulder problem using a, a foot block that's not meant to be in, which to me personally is ridiculous <laughs> in the first place. But um, I guess that, that intrinsic motivation is being like, well, I don't care. I'm just going to do it with a foot block in because for me that's enjoyable and no I can't tick it or post about it there's no external sort of um recognition for that and I guess that's that's where I find um if people look to let that guide them I think it helps with with a fear of failure and it links into something I think is really important is enjoyment so often I think when people talk about having a really having a problem with fear of failure they're often not enjoying climbing as much, I don't think. You know, it's, it's, it's hindering their enjoyment. So I think that um, sometimes maybe a way to get around it is actually just think, what do you really enjoy? You know, some of what we're talking about is quite complex. Maybe they're hard questions to ask yourself. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't know whether you're intrinsically or extrinsically motivated or the fact that you have both, you're not quite sure what to focus on. And so I, I actually think, for me personally, I found if I'm really enjoying myself, I'm probably intrinsically motivated and I'm also probably not that scared of failure. Yeah, because I think you could take enjoyment as being almost like a, a way of reframing your climbing experience mm. around that fa failure issue. Because like, let's say that you, 
you really focus in on, on enjoying the challenge and the mm. process, suddenly you're so engaged with that part of it that it's actually very hard to fail if you've just massively enjoyed and got value out of the process. Yeah, or almost, out of any day climbing. Yeah, you can't fail yeah, in the yeah. process in yeah, a way, yeah. can you? Like Unless I, you didn't do it. Yeah. You just stopped. We talk about this like sort of process a lot and sort of, you know, end goal versus like process orientated. And I think when people talk about processes, they often talk about um, taking away positives from a day where you failed. So you didn't clip the chains, you didn't top out without the foot blocks <laughs> and you know and so that was like a failure and then retrospectively it's like okay what can I take away from this day what can I learn whereas I guess ultimately if you enjoyed that day in and of itself maybe there isn't anything to learn as well you know you can just you don't retrospectively have to search for positives in the day the day could just be positive in itself mm -hmm. and I think yeah, that's where, I guess for me, there's an appreciation of, and a sort of defining of success and failure, which I think can be like, I think redefining success and failure is a big part of, yeah, overcoming fear of failure as a sort of negative thing in your climbing. And I guess we often have sending or not sending as you yeah. know sort like of cultural as, yeah as success that, and failure yeah. you know it's it's like exams isn't it and pass fail it's all really black and white whereas it's not really like that and I think um it also leads to more sort of comparison easier comparisons to other you know because they did it and you didn't and I think if you can really focus in on what is a success for you like and enjoying the day that's a successful day out in my book but also actually say for this day bouldering although I might not have ticked certain boulders I also was really happy with I with how I climbed on the moves that I did mm. and I think I'm not actually always that good at this but actually appreciating how well you did climb even if you didn't tick something I yeah, think yeah. is important and I I can be bad for that you know I can be like oh you know I didn't do it because I'm rubbish or, or you know like and I think that's the you know, it's sort of like not doing it equals not being good enough. Well, that, that probably comes than... back to when, you know, if we're working with a client and that person comes to us and says, I didn't tick the bold problem that I've been working for the last three sessions. Mm -hmm. But then they say to us, but I climbed so well. Mm. I got that foot right. I, I never normally get that foot right. I felt really good. Mm. My movement was good. Um, my, you know, my mental game was really good. The, the thing we would be doing as a coach would be going, but that's amazing. Yeah, that sounds like you a got, great success. Yeah, yeah, that actually sounds like a massive success mm. day. Yes, you didn't get that little thing right at the end, but that sounds like a huge success. Yeah. And I, yeah, you know, and so. I think that's basically it. I think it's sort of um, where maybe a lot of things in life can be very polarised now to like, you know, really positive to really negative, you know, to like success to failure. And I think if... It, what I've found is that I try to be less polarised in, I guess, my reaction or my emotion to, you know, the classic success or failure, you know, sending or not sending. And I think in being more neutral, not saying that I don't feel anything if I don't do something that I want to do or that I don't, you know, it's not being not bothered. I think that's, that's what some people lean towards. They just become not bothered and then there's less fear of failure. But this is more being having it as a whole spectrum and being like, oh yeah, I'm just like, was still 
happy for how I climbed that day. Yeah, despite it not being sending. Yeah, yeah. Well, good topics oh, again. Yeah. Yeah, always <laughs> yeah. enjoy this. Um, so, uh, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed this uh, episode today. And, um, yeah, don't forget that we have a webinar that um, Maddie and I uh, recorded on this, which is available on our website um, under the webinar section. We also have another YouTube video that I think we talked about some of the mind games around climbing. And otherwise... Get in your notifications, click on your like and subscribe, and we will see you again very soon.